What's up, guys? Uh, here to talk college football. Last week, some big games. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of big news surrounding uh, Urban Meyer since Nebraska played OU. OU killed him. Um, going to talk about that for a bit. Going to give our game day picks coming up this week. I got Trent and Alec again to talk about it. What's up, guys? Yo, yo. How's it going? What's up, man? Uh, yeah, let's get right into it. So, um, the big news around college football is uh, somehow, some way, this guy always finds a way to make headlines. Was a disaster at Jacksonville. Got fired during the season, uh, and that's Urban Meyer. Uh, in case you guys didn't see at home, Nebraska played OU this week, and uh, there's reports that uh, since the game was in Nebraska, and the Fox team was there, and Urban Meyer works for Fox now with uh, that game day crew with uh, Brady Quinn and others. Uh, yeah, he apparently took a private tour uh, around Nebraska. Who knows if that's true? I wouldn't put that past him. Uh, even chose his game day pick to be Nebraska at home to be on the good side, I guess. I don't know how much that counts, but this guy always finds a way to uh, to make reports. And uh, obviously their, fi- their head coach got fired last week and Scott Frost, they have a replacement, didn't do too well against OU. Um, Alec, there's a lot of reports, man, uh, that whether people like it or not, that there's a chance that soon in the near future, maybe a year or two from now, uh, Urban Meyer could get uh, the Nebraska job or a bigger job simply because ADs will be desperate to save their jobs. And I mean, quite frankly, Urban Meyer is one of the best coaches ever in college football. So what's your what's your take on that, Alec? Well, I think with regard to the Nebraska job, um, just going based off of what he said, I think he kind of made a statement about it saying, you know, he's happy what he's doing right now with Fox. You know, he's a fan. He wants to spend time with his family. You know, just a quality family man we're talking about here, Evan Meyer. Now, I'm really, uh, you call me crazy, but I'm not inclined to uh, take his word as Bond. So this guy, you know, and, and for all our national listeners, be mindful that we're coming out of Florida here. And he's done a lot of damage in Florida uh, to the University of Florida. I left them in, a, in such a messy situation. Um, you know, obviously did some damage to uh, Florida State when he was coaching at UF. And we all saw the national spectacle that was his uh, head coaching tenure in Jacksonville. So maybe we're a little bit more sour on him down here. Um you know, I won't talk about the off the field issues because this is, you know, just a sports podcast. But if you were to come back, wherever that is going to be, um, what's going to happen is he's going to bring in a top five recruiting class and probably go undefeated in his first season. And, uh, you know, winning changes everything, solves it all problems. And everyone will just forget until he does something else. And, uh, you know, it's just a never ending cycle. Um, it'd be good for the sport to have him back, or basically, I guess it'd be good for any school that got him to have him back, but everyone else I believe would be cheering against him. Um, but I don't keep it out of, I don't, I don't think it's, um, out of the possibility that he's coming back soon. Yeah. Um, Trent, what about you, man? Yeah, I like pretty much hit the nail on the coffin there. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's, nobody can question his, on-field ability, uh, you know, coaching and bringing in recruiting classes. It's just his, his reputation as a, as a college coach, um, I think, is, is, is as good as it gets. He's as good as a college coach, as really, as there is. But, you know, he's just a fucking creepy, weird <laughs> asshole, man. And, I, I mean, 
I know Alex is right. Winning changes everything, and it would completely change the perception. Maybe not completely, but it'll definitely help the perception of him. But if I'm an AD, I understand winning is super important. But damn, man, you got to be desperate to bring in a guy like that <laughs> with all this, with all this, all the baggage that he's had. What he what he did to UF, what he did to uh, Ohio State, really. Um, you know how he left Jacksonville. It's it's just, you know, yeah, he's he's if you hire him, he's probably gonna bring a lot of winning to your program, but. I don't know. It's just, sometimes you just gotta have morals. I think uh, I think you guys are completely right. Also, if you're a player, why would you want to play for this guy? Uh, you can't trust him as far as you can throw him. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of issues. Look, I mean, he's obviously a great coach when it comes to uh, to winning, but uh, you got to look beyond that. I would still be a little surprised if he gets hired, but I wouldn't pass some AD to hire him simply because you know winning fixes a lot of things, and uh, I think he's gonna need another year at Fox to. Uh, you know, fix his image a little bit and, uh, you know, kind of excuse the reason as to why someone would hire him. So I, I, I'm not going to rule it out maybe one or two years, he's going to get hired, but I think the, the Nebraska jobs a stretch for sure. Um, yeah, guys, any last thoughts on that before we move on? Yeah, I'm sure someone will whore out for him at some point. I don't, I don't see Nebraska happening, especially since it's so it's a really quick turnaround. Um, he's already come out even again, it means nothing, but he's already come out and said he wants to stay with Fox and he has no ambition <laughs> to coach, which again, I don't believe a word that guy says, but at the same time, uh, him coaching the year after he got fired from Jacksonville, I, I don't really see it. This is the same yeah. guy who uh, retired at UF and said he'd never coach again. Then yeah, exactly. A couple of years later, went to Ohio State. Family issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, money is pretty powerful and it's a business. So, you know, you're going to want a guy to come in and win. And you would you might be willing to ignore some of the negatives to to have a winner come in, bring money into your program and attention. So yeah, I mean, I from a, I'm not counting it out. Yeah, from a pure football standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. But uh, all this all the baggage around it uh, could potentially destroy your program. So we'll see what happens in a couple of years. But uh, I think we can all agree we're not going to rule it out and can't trust what he says right now. So uh with that said let's talk about the game real quick uh, alec called it in the first half it was kind of close uh, nebraska came out and actually took the lead at one point seven nothing uh they have to transfer caleb uh i forgot his name it's not coming on the top of my head he transferred from texas casey thompson casey thompson that's what it was and uh <clears throat> yeah second half was just a was just a you know a train roll uh quick thoughts on that game guys Go ahead, Alec. um yeah i mean you you were right to uh, keep your eye on Oklahoma at the beginning of the year. I mean, they're, they're still there as a top, you know, uh, dynamic program. And uh, they still have all the pieces. Again, you know, this is maybe a, you know, sitting duck kind of vulnerable opponent. Um, but they just went out, took, took care of business. And um, Dylan Gabriel, he did great things at UCF. And now um, he seems to be carrying that on. Yeah, at Oklahoma, and also um, we saw the fantastic play of Mims, who might be the best uh, receiver in the you. in college, Telling man. You. Yeah, I mean he he's he toasted beast. these guys. He's a beast. Um, I, I I thought we saw an inspired effort from Nebraska in the first quarter. Um, <clears throat> they came out with a little bit of bite, a little bit of fight. Um, but at the end of the day, Oklahoma is just a way better team, way better coach. You know, talent stacked up and down the board. So. Um, at the you know at the end of the day, the, the talent just won out. The coaching won out. Uh, the the juice of the Scott Frost firing kind of just like wore off after the first quarter. So I mean, 
you know, it's kind of what you expect from this Nebraska team this year. They're, you know, they're playing a juggernaut. So, yep. Uh, well said. Let's get to a game that I think we were all surprised uh, was Oregon completely crushing BYU. Uh, 41 to 20. BYU made a late push at the end, uh, scoring a couple quick touchdowns. But overall, in the in the big glimpse of things, they really destroyed this team top to bottom, defensively and offensively. I know this game was in Eugene, but uh, yeah, Dan Lanning got back on a good on his good foot, and uh, this Oregon team looks like they may be able to salvage a season and finish maybe top 10, top 12. We'll see. But uh, yeah, they bounced back in a good way, and uh, I, I, a lot of people I think are a little bit upset with BYU. I know it's on the road, but you know, they, they came off a nice performance against Baylor, who everyone thought was going to be a top 10 team throughout the year. Um, Trent, what was your take on uh, Oregon just simply crushing BYU? Pretty impressive victory. I mean, I, I picked BYU to win. Um, I think we all did. Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at the box score and you see Oregon, you know, Bo Nix didn't have an outstanding game, but he certainly wasn't bad. You know, he had 222 yards, two touchdowns, 13 for 18. So he had a pretty... Solid game, but their run game was killer, man. They had two guys averaging five, six, seven yards of carry. Um, BYU couldn't really stop the run. And also, you just kind of got to take a step back and realize that that BYU at home is just like another animal. Um, that that home field advantage of BYU is is, is crazy. Um, it may look, make them look a little better than what they actually are, but I, I still think BYU's a, a good football team. Uh, it was just a really, really outstanding performance for Oregon. Yeah. How about you, Alec, man? Yeah, great bounce back. I mean, everyone had their doubts about Oregon. And, um, you know, they really dominated right off the bat, like you said, <clears throat> carried it on throughout the game. Um, it's just a good story, and it just kind of shows you what's so great about college football, which is, you know, there's a lot of people talking about BYU maybe making a playoff run before this game yeah. and how many people accounted Oregon out. So, you know, how <clears throat> how important one game or each game is uh, and your performance, you know, can kind of dictate your future because it's really just an eye test to get into that final four, especially if you're not a power five or I don't know what. Yeah, another independent BYU, um, not a power five school. You really got to be perfect um, to make that run. So. I, I do agree that they probably are still a good team. Um, like Trent said, not as good maybe as some people pin them out to be. But, yeah. but props to Oregon, man, and, and Lanny yeah. and Dillingham really uh, put together a great game. Yeah, they did. Um, let's talk about uh, another game I'm sure that caught both your eyes uh, was FSU at Louisville. Um, very interesting game, man. Jordan Travis obviously left the game. I think it was second quarter with a leg injury. Um, and Tate Rodmaker came in. I thought he did a pretty good job considering the circumstances on the road. Uh, tough game. Something I noticed about Tate is the guy has an absolute cannon, can make every throw on the field. Uh, I mean, this guy has a lot of talent. Obviously, it's going to be tough. I don't know what the report is on Jordan Travis. I'm sure Alec can tell you about it. But, uh, Alec, what were your thoughts to escape, really escape of a win in Louisville? That was a great win. I told you last week that it was going to be tough. And, um, you know, regardless of the injury, I think it still would have been a tough game. Um, but the, the big thing that I saw was just, this is really, and I'm so happy, um, but it's really a different team, I believe, than we've seen in the recent, uh, years where, you know, your, your best player on offense and defense, <clears throat> Jared Burst got hurt, you know, both of these players go down 
And but especially when your quarterback goes down, the defense responded. They shut down Louisville, allowed us to get going on offense again. And Rodemaker came in. I went one of his first drives. He um he threw a just a terrible interception. So I was like, okay, this game's over. Travis is hurt. It looks really bad. Maybe, you know, a, a bad injury for the season. And this could just be another washed year. And um, man, it was really exciting to see us fight back into the game and great performance by transfer uh, receiver, Johnny Wilson, guy's a beast, man. And he, he really, um, we could depend on him when we needed to. Tate made some great throws when we needed to. Um, just everybody was there when the team needed them. Uh, so as a fan, I was really, really happy to see that. Yeah. Uh, look, I can't imagine just unexpectedly being the backup and expected to play. I mean, I thought he did very well on the road. Louisville's a tough place to play. Uh, made some big-time throws. And like I said earlier, the guy's an absolute cannon. If, from my eye, it looks like he can make every throw. He's uh, still raw. But uh, you guys are in good hands for for a little bit. But, uh, Trent, what about you, man? What would you think of FSU? Um, yeah, I mean, this is I, – I said after they beat LSU that this is a different FSU team because the FSU have passed would not win the LSU game. Um, you, could, you could tell right off the bat this, is a, this, was, this team was different. Um, and the same thing goes for Louisville. They, that's, that's a game that they don't win in the past. Um, I thought that Norvell did a really good job adjusting to the – to the Travis injury. Um, you saw Rodemaker come in, make a really, really terrible interception to go into halftime. And then when the you know, second half started, it all, he almost just simplified the offense for him. He made it simple. He made it so that, you know, it's either you got one option, you got a guy slanting across the middle, or you have an RPO, you, you dump it off or something like that, or a fade to Johnny Wilson, which if I'm being honest, I don't know why they haven't done, you know, that should they should have been doing that against LSU. That fade to Johnny Wilson should be all day. He's 6'8". Every corner that's ever guarded him has been undersized. So uh, I think you're going to you know, start to see that a lot more from FSU is taking advantage of Johnny Wilson's size. But um, I think it was just another Norville masterclass. He outcoached uh, the opposing coach, which he has done three games, you know, the whole season at this point. Um, and, I mean, Louisville is, is maybe better than what I thought they were. Um, but I, I don't think Louisville is, you know, all that great. But Lee Cunningham has definitely improved as a quarterback. Uh, but at the same time, it's a tough environment Friday night in Louisville. Um, and again, that's not a game they win in the past. So I, I, it was it was a very confident – if I was an FSU fan, I'd be very confident right now in them going forward. I know they have a tough stretch of games coming up after Boston College, but that was a, a – that, that kind of one makes you happy. Yeah. Um, well said, guys. Look, um, FSU is 3-0. I think, I think LSU and Louisville are two quality good opponents. So to start the season 3-0 is pretty good. And for all FSU fans at home, I'm sure you guys are thrilled. Uh, we're going to see the real makeup of this team within the next couple of weeks. You guys play Wake Forest, NC State, Clemson, all ranked. And later on, obviously, we play. you guys play Miami. And then to finish off the season, you have Florida. So, I mean, you got, what, one, two, three, four, five ranked games coming up uh, in the next couple of months. So we're going to see what this team's all about. But uh, from Alec, I guess from your standpoint, man, it's a great start, huh? Yeah, I'm happy. And, and just last thing I'll say about uh, Louisville, that about Cunningham, he was really uh, giving us issues. He, he did last year as well. And, um, you know, I, I people have been kind of giving uh, AR some 
some shit lately at UF, but we're going to have to play UF, and he's probably the most mobile quarterback we're going to face uh, for the rest of the year. But you kind of saw how that gave us issues this last weekend. So I'm kind of hoping that we could think of something and be ready for that game at the end of the year. Obviously, we have more things to do in between then. But, yeah, man, I'm happy. Uh, but, you know, just want, you know, on to the next week, on to, on to Cincinnati, you know. Yeah, on to Cincinnati. Um, speaking of Anthony Richardson, let's get into a game that turned into be a real nail biter. Uh, Florida Gators against uh, USF in the swamp. Um, I saw a stat that Anthony Richardson has yet to throw a touchdown pass. Um, he had two interceptions again. Uh, look, I was very high on this guy to, to uh, start the season. I, I will admit that I was hyping him up a lot to even, even potentially be the number one pick. Uh, like I said, this guy is extremely raw still, and we saw it this week. Um, USF really had no business being in this game in the swamp. The uh, Florida was really beating themselves, and USF was putting on them. I mean, I know the escapable win, but um, yeah, South Florida's uh, quarterback didn't play too well either. He had two picks. But uh, Trent, what was your uh, thoughts on this game? Pretty disappointing, considering how they started the season. Um, obviously, it's it's still a win, but that's not how you want to go out you know, with your supreme home field advantage against a very inferior USF team. Um, I'm, I'm a big Jerry Bohannon guy, you know, transfer for Baylor, but, you know, he was not good. Um, you know, simply put, they ran all over Florida. Like, that run defense was non-existent. They were just, you know, they had two guys with 100 yards rushing, and that, including Bohannon. That, that just, that's just not going to cut it, especially against USF. I mean, that game should have gone to overtime. Kicker still almost made it with the bad hold, atrocious hold, and somehow he still was almost able to sink it. So um, if I'm a UF fan, I'm pretty discouraged moving forward. You know, after such a huge Utah win, they really have looked like shit since then. So, um, you know, you got to think that AR, with the talent he has, is able to bounce back. But, you know, Napier's got to put something together because they, they don't look like they're it right now. You know, after week one, they did, and – the last uh, two weeks really have not been in their favor. So um, you got to think at some point they got to turn it around. Yeah. Uh, well, good said, man. Uh, how about you, Alec? Yeah, definitely some um, some things that I saw that Gator fans should be concerned about. Um, one of the things that Napier really lobbied for when he came in was the extra money for assistants, analysts. I think they have a really big assistant coach and staff group. Um, and these are all his guys that he kind of brought over from Louisiana or people maybe that he had coached with in the past, but it all kind of seems like a bunch of new guys trying to, you know, earn their nut. And we've seen, um, you know, that really not work out in the past for other young coaches. And it's always good to have, you know, someone there who's has experience coaching the SEC and, Trent hit the nail on the head with their run defense. I mean, they were getting blown up. Um, they were getting blown up on both sides. I mean, it didn't, the stats don't show it with Bohannon, but he was really giving them problems getting out of the pocket. And, um, he can and, move. He's mobile. Yeah. And, and let's not forget um, that, you know, this is a missed field goal on a bad hold at the end of the game and this game maybe goes to overtime. I still think being in the swamp going overtime, you have an advantage, you probably still come out with a win, but it's like, I think I said it last week and I was kind of telling my Gator friends, like I knew this game was going to be a sloppy one. I didn't think it would be this close, but coming off of uh, 
tough loss the week before. And then now they got to gather, you know, all their guns and head into Knoxville, Tennessee, when Tennessee's football team right now is the best they've looked in 20 years. Like, I don't, I don't know, maybe that's a little premature, but they have a top five offense and um, it's going to be problem. It's going to be a big problem. So We'll see. It's it's Napier's first year, so you know, give, give the man time. Yeah, give the man time. You know, I don't think there's any you know any impending doom, mm-hmm. but it's going to take time. And this is what happens when you're in the SEC. You know, you, you you have no choice. You have to go and face tough opponents every single week, and only the uh, you know the best coaches survive. And then there's a lot of attrition on the lower end. So, yeah. um, you know, they'll keep their eye on it, but um. I think the Gators are, are a little worried right now. Yeah, but, you know, I'm going to speak for Gator fans here. Look, uh, I know they, they had another close game with uh, USF and they should have blown them out. But uh, this is still a team that beat Utah. Uh, they lost to Kentucky. who's very good. Uh, they beat USF. They're going to have another test this week against Tennessee, which we'll get into later. But uh, to be 2-1 at this point is pretty good considering the circumstances. Um, I think AR is going to turn it around. Like I said, he's really raw. This needs some time, but uh, uh, I mean, two and one's a pretty good start considering who, uh, who they were playing. So I, I'll take that any day of the week and uh, we'll, we'll move forward and see what happens with them. Um, with that said, let's get into the next game, guys, a game that we, I, I think we all predicted that uh, this is going to happen at home. And that's the Washington Huskies beating the Michigan state at the time they were ranked. And uh, I don't think Washington was yet, but this game was at home and, uh, yeah, uh, Washington came out with a 39 to 28 uh, win. And I think uh, anyone who was watching this game was very impressed with Michael Penix Jr. Uh, threw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, that's yep. pretty impressive. Yep. Uh, and Peyton Thorne didn't play too bad either. He had one pick and three touchdowns for 323 yards. So the quarterback play in this game was uh, was pretty damn good. But uh, Trent, what'd you think about uh, this game? Yeah, Penix was the story. He he took over this game. He He was just like, he was unstoppable. Um, he's feeding everybody, making making the right throws, uh, mistake-free football. Um, I had this game on before the UM game came on. And just Penix was a guy that kind of felt, you know, slipped through the radar once he transferred from Indiana. I mean, he was great in Indiana. And he was kind of, you know, forgotten to an extent. And uh, you can see now this, this Washington team is, you know, they're a little legit. I mean, obviously in the, the Pac-12, Alec, not a big Pac-12 guy, but um, – you know, this is a team that, with their with their schedule, and the way that they're playing, it's not crazy to think that they could play in the Pac-12 championship. You know, again, the way they're playing, um, they uh, really the only test they have left is Oregon and and Washington State. And but I mean, you know, the way they're playing, that that's not it's not crazy to say that you know maybe they can make a run for a Pac-12 title. But uh, I mean, Phoenix, the way he's playing is is maybe not maybe not Heisman territory yet, but you know, he, he could make a name for himself if he, if he keeps this up. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Alec? Yeah, to clarify my stance on the Pac-12, I, I think that they are able, you know, to put together good teams. I just don't think that at the end of the year they're going to go out and beat an Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia. Uh, it doesn't matter. And what Lincoln Riley's trying to do at USC is change that narrative. And I don't believe that he's going to do it this year. Maybe he will, but he hasn't been able to in the past. Um but with regard to Washington, they've been a solid program for five, the last five, 10 years. When Chris Peterson left Boise State to go to Washington, they had a great team. Uh, I think they had a playoff appearance. Um, 
I don't know, what is it, three, four years ago. And um, they've established a great program over there. Chris Peterson, who was the head coach, he stepped away, and I believe that he's still the AD there. He, he became the AD there. Um, I wouldn't so be able to tell a, you that. This is a guy who, um, you know, built the Boise State program, and during the time that he coached at Boise State, they were, if not the most winning uh, if not the winningest program in college football, like the t- a top three went, you know, in wins and win percentage when he was coaching. So if you have this guy who's in charge of uh, your university, um, you know, he, he's going to put them in, in, a, in a good situation, uh, in a good position to compete. Now, with regard to Michigan State, I told you guys last week that they're the Big Ten gets a lot of reputation because they have Ohio state and Michigan, but these other teams, you know, that, that kind of get that big 10 stamp on them, but you know, they don't always show up like, like the reputation suggests. And Michigan state's been one of those teams last year, you know, they had a great run and they signed Mel Tucker to this crazy deal. Yeah, that was insane. And got blown out the next week by Michigan. Um, (laughs) You know, it's, it's just like, uh, we all and we all spoke about this last week that this just seemed to be a game where uh, they would slip up, and sure enough, they did. Um, but look out for Washington, because um, I guess they wouldn't be playing USC. USC be in the South, so that'd be an interesting Pac-12 championship game. Um, and then, as far as you know, Michigan State goes, another one bites the dust in the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, thing about Washington, man, is they're always hiding out there, but they always have solid teams every year. Um, I like their coach. I like everything about that program. So they they do a usually a good job, man. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, the Mel Tucker contract after that one season to give it right away for over a hundred million bucks was a bit premature. But uh, Michigan State's gonna have to swallow that pill and see what happens in the next couple of years. I think he lucked out with Kenneth Walker coming into that program as well. But, uh, yeah, we're going to see what Michigan State's about in the next couple of weeks and really in the next couple of years uh, to see if he justifies that contract. Um, let's move on to uh, the game of the week, and uh, that's Canes uh, against AM. and um, From the naked eye, people who didn't really follow this game closely, that doesn't live in Miami um, or was busy that night, uh, they see 17-9. But uh, there's a lot more to this story. AM or Jimbo Fisher suspended two starters for conduct issues. Well, he suspended four players, but two of them were starters. Uh, and then also in the first half, AM lost two more players to targeting. I believe they were all on the defensive side, too. Um, and yeah, man, uh, this is a game that Miami, in, in, in hindsight, should have really won. Uh, receivers are dropping passes left and right. Um, I thought at times that the play calling was very conservative. But uh, I'll let Trent, I'll give you the floor, man. What was your take on the, the Canes and uh, basically just uh, stinking up the joint on this one? Yeah, definitely uh, definitely some negatives, but also some positives. Um, start with the negatives first, and that is uh, obviously the receivers really don't – can't yeah, struggle to catch the ball all game. And they also struggle to separate uh, all game. There really wasn't a lot of separation from the DBs. Part of that you can put on uh, Texas A&M's game game plan. Uh, they normally run 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 a man D, and all game they're they're dropping eight in zone coverage, and and Miami was unable to adjust. Um, but you know Van Dyke also wasn't 
the Van Dyke of old either. He was, he was missing throws, wasn't on target, out of rhythm. Um, some of that you can put on the new system that, that Gaddis is uh, implementing because it's a little more complicated than, than the Rhett Lashley's old system. But, you know, you can only put so much on the coach and, and not on the players. So I, 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 I would have expected more out of Van Dyke. Those were the two negatives. The positives, however, there's more positives than negatives, which is crazy. The positives were the defense was pretty stout. Um, I was pre- very, very impressed with the defense, only giving up 17. Um, they got stops. They got tackles for losses. They got sacks. Um, they got to the quarterback. They played great coverage. DJ Ivy played the game of his life, um, which which I never thought would happen. Um, the running the run game was great. Uh, Parrish and Knighton had a huge impact on the game. You could call the game plan conservative, but at least they were averaging five yards a carry. Like They were moving the ball on the ground. And the offensive line was moving mountains. Offensive line looked night and day. They were handling uh, an SEC talented defensive line. Um, so there was a lot of things that I liked from the game. You know, they got 27 first downs. Like they were moving the ball, but they just could not fucking score, man. And it was it was very disappointing that they couldn't score. They had they had some bad mistakes with the muff punt, a couple missed field goals, one of them being blocked. Um but I, I, I don't know if it's the conservative Gaddis game plan or was it just because these guys just aren't talented enough. But, I mean, Texas A&M is not a good team, in my opinion. I don't, I don't think that they're really worth a shit. I think that the SEC may, may run them out of town this year. They, they don't look good. They did not look good against Miami. Miami just looked worse. Um, so I, 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 I'm hoping that this is something that can be resolved moving forward. I'm, I'm confident because the offensive line – just looked was I was very very impressed with the offensive line and I'm hoping that that momentum going forward can really help us out. Um, I've never seen a, a UM offensive line play like that in, in years against that quality of, of a defensive line. So um, and and at the same time, UM's defense was great too. Like you know, Texas and M couldn't do shit. Max Johnson's kind of a bum, but they couldn't do shit. Um, they really only scored ten points. Seven of them came off the muff punt. So. Uh, I'm really hoping mo- moving forward that maybe the offense can get a little more simplified just so that these receivers can just have a better chance of getting open and, and Van Dyke can get a rhythm and hit them. But it's concerning if if these receivers continue to play this and Van Dyke can, continues to play this as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, you basically said it all, man. But, uh, Alec, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I um, just want to emphasize what Trent was saying about the defense. And just I think the overall game plan was great. Uh, what, what they were lacking was maybe some execution. Um, and I, one thing I did notice was that they kind of, I saw that they had, uh, you know, or like planned runs, uh, drawn out runs with Van Dyke. I'm looking at the stats now, like he ran the ball five times. Um, no, no, no. That's just him scrambling. I don't think they had any designs for him. They might have had one. No, I, draw, well, but... I remember seeing him run the ball, and I'm thinking like, okay, because this is the game plan. Um, you you want to when you have the ball, move slowly down the football field by running the ball every play, every other play. And when I look at time of possession, they dominated, and that's one thing that I noticed during the game. That's why uh, AM wasn't able to put up so many points and get any real yards. It looked like they only passed the ball uh, like 15, 20 times. 20 times. And um, I just remember um, thinking that the game plan could have worked. So 
I agree with Trent that there's there's uh, a lot of positives that come out of this game. AM's a little shaky. I don't know what they're going to do uh, with the quarterback situation or just uh, their whole team in general. I don't know what's going on. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot better to lose by this small amount. Uh, both teams played sloppy, but it's better not to have been blown out. And at the beginning of the season, we looked at this game and kind of crossed it off. So as fans and, and as players on the team, you know, I'm sure they uh, can look at it and be like, okay, we were expecting to lose this. Maybe AM isn't as good. But you look at the rest of our schedule, we have a nice stretch of games um, where we can improve. So I think, um, you know, the Canes shouldn't be written off by any means. I said I said last week that, you know, the, the typical Miami fashion is you go into a big game under the lights, primetime against an SEC team, and they usually just don't show up. And it may not have been as bad as it may have been in previous regimes, but, you know, they really on offense they didn't show up nobody made a play like nobody there was no real playmakers on offense the, obviously the run game was pretty consistent but you know nobody was able to come through and make a play for this team and and that's very discouraging because that's the same thing we've seen for years especially in big games so um you really just gotta hope that either maybe not this year but if um can bring someone in a playmaker to make plays um you know, especially in big games, uh, it's it's crucial right now because nobody has stepped up on the Miami's offense all season. Yeah. Uh, well said, guys. I really have nothing to add to that. I mean, other than obviously the defense was great. Um, Max Johnson obviously didn't play well at all. I mean, he had one touchdown, but uh, from just the eye test, looked like crap all night. This is a game that was definitely up for the taking, but A&M has a great home field. I mean, they're the 12th man for a reason. But uh, I think we can all agree this is a, a very winnable game. It sucks that uh, one of our best receivers was out. But, uh, yeah, we're going to move on. We have uh, another game this week. And, uh, I mean, uh, as far as playoff hopes, uh, UM's chance is still, still alive. They still get to play uh, Clemson in the ACC championship game if they get there. So not all hope is written off. But, uh, yeah, we're just going to have to see uh, down the road what happens. But uh, this is definitely a game they could have won for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get to another game that, uh, I want to talk about, uh, that was, uh, Utah beat 35, Utah beat San Diego state 35 to seven, but uh, a game that I really want to talk about that Alec texted me was a uh, Sark mania. That was Texas mm-hmm. beating UTSA. Um, I remember we, uh, Alec and I think it was you Trent as well that said, don't sleep on UTSA. They always, they always they have a decent program back down there. They're doing a decent job. So, Alec, what was your take on this game? You know, Sark Mania, it has its ups. It has its downs. That's just how it goes. Um, you know, <clears throat> I think he's kind of proven in that Alabama game that they've kind of risen past the old days of, you know, being a vulnerable team and, and, and losing these games that they're not supposed to. It looked like they responded. They made second-half adjustments. And, um, you know, we're able to pull out and, and win pretty convincingly. But, um, yeah, UTSA, they in college pick them, which I've been playing for however many years now. Um, they've always been a team that's uh, made some big showings and, and had, uh, you know, upsets at times. So that's that's why uh, neither Trent nor uh, myself were counting them out. But I expect um, – 
Texas to be fine and uh, moving forward. The big game that Texas is going to have to play is against Oklahoma, which is, uh, you know, next to Florida State, Miami, and the Iron Bowl, um, you know, a, a fantastic rivalry that's always a shootout every year. So uh, that'll be interesting. That'll be the true test, in my opinion, uh, to see if Sark's legit and, and willing to take that next step. Yeah. Uh, quick thoughts, Trent? I mean, just how I was saying that UM lacks a playmaker, um, you know, especially when adversity hits, Texas does not does have that. Um, you saw that they were slow coming out of the gates. It was a tie game at halftime. But, you know, Texas has B. John Robinson. That's and that's that's the difference in the game. right there. <laughs> I mean, he's 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 a guy. He's a freak, man. He's the best running back in college football. Ran up and down these guys, 183 yards, three touchdowns. Like, he's, he's just a beast. And that was the difference. I mean, you have a guy that can take over a game. Um, so, uh, you know, it was a discouraging first half, obviously, for Texas. And that's no disrespect to UTSA. They're, they're, they're a pretty solid program, you know, for the small school that they are. But um, at the very least, you're happy that they're able to adjust in the second half and, you know, Bijan could take over. Um, and you know, hopefully Hudson Card can get it can get it together in the weeks going forward. I don't, I'm not sure when Ewers is coming back, but um, you know, if, if if Texas were to play Oklahoma next week, I, I I'm picking Oklahoma just because I don't really have faith in Hudson Card like that. Um, and I I think they're they're this Texas team may struggle until they get Ewers. Yeah, uh, well said, guys. Let's go to the last game before we get to next week. Uh, that's uh. My upset pick, which I thought was going to happen, but not happening, was uh, Texas Tech uh, losing to NC State uh, 27-14. Uh, quick thoughts on that, Trent? Uh, yeah, I had picked NC State. I, I just thought – I didn't think Texas Tech, Texas Tech had enough. Um, but still, though, I mean, NC State, not not a super impressive offense. I know they scored 27, but I mean, the quarterback only had 121, no TDs. Their their best running back was averaging four point four yards a carry. I mean, the, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I I still don't think NC State's worth that that twelve ranking. I think that's going to eventually come down. But um, I think this is just a game where Texas Tech just was outmatched. I, I don't think Texas Tech's anything too great. But um, you know, I, I think NC State will you're they'll be exposed in the weeks coming coming forward. Yeah, Alec. Yeah, I just think, you know, home game at night, uh, they were going to pull it out. I'm looking at the schedule now. Um, they got to play Clemson and then the next week, Florida State. Um, so similar to Wake Forest, who plays Clemson, then they play us. Um, I'm kind of hoping for one of, you know, each team to beat each other. And then Florida State also has to play Clemson, NC State, and Wake. You know, the ACC Atlantic is going to be really interesting. So um, I don't know how they'll fare, you know, and, and one of these teams is going to rise to the top. Uh, obviously, Clemson looking like they have the advantage, but this Wake Forest-Clemson game, I think, this weekend uh, is going to show, you know, which is going to be the top dog. And then NC State's going to have to get through them. Um, I don't know if they have it. I don't know how dominant they are, but they have been able to win games. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, well said, guys. Let's get into uh, week four of college football, uh, talk some of the big games, and then give our picks. So let's start with, um, I guess this will be the game of the week, Tennessee against uh, UF. Tennessee's at home. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Alec? 
interesting because like and who I was do you got and who do you who do you got as well after it's interesting like i was saying um earlier you know this is a, this is a rivalry that over the last uh 20 years or so florida's kind of dominated tennessee and i know that um tennessee's been really bad for a number of years but <clears throat> this is a big national spotlight game you know they're playing at home Florida's been a little shaky and I know that Tennessee's offense has been dominant uh, with Hendon Hooker kind of leading the way they're slinging it downfield they have great talent uh, on their offensive side and they seem to have a great system in place finally um, so I don't know uh, I don't I think it's going to be real tough for Florida to go in there in a road environment uh, with a young coach who's played his first three games. There have been big games, some of them, but they've been at home, you know, and to have a, your first road test be Rocky Top. You know, they got 100,000 plus fans that they could fit in there. Um, it's going to be a tough road environment. So. I expect it to be close, but uh, I'm probably going to go and head and pick Tennessee. All right. How about you, Trent? Yeah, kind of right. on what Alex said. Historically, you know, Florida's dominated this matchup, but this seems to be a different year. I mean, Florida, although they're 2-1, and one, they really have struggled since Utah. Uh, haven't looked very good. AR obviously doesn't, you know, has not looked good by the slightest. Meanwhile, Tennessee is just riding the heater right now. Hendon Hooker looks great. They're three and zero. They 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 beat Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh, um, and you know, like Alex said, this is the first road game for Florida this year. Like they have not been tested on the road yet. They they've had the blanket of the safety blanket of the swamp these last three games, and now they're gonna have to go into a hostile Tennessee Knoxville environment. And you know, I I don't think that they're they'll be able to pull it out. So I'm gonna take Tennessee. All right. Um... Look, I know Hendon Hooker has been really good. Um, I know this Tennessee team is now ranked 11. I know they beat Pitt. Um, I know they're overall a good program, but uh, I'm still going to ride the, the high on uh, AR, man. I, I think the guy's tremendously talented. I know he has thrown a touchdown pass, but uh, Florida's defense does hold up. Uh, I know they had a, a slip up last week. I still trust this defense. I still think overall, I know Hooker's been great, but I, I just truly believe in uh, AR, man. I really think they're going to go in there and get the upset. So that's my upset pick of the week. I'm taking Florida over Tennessee. We'll yeah, see. I don't think that I don't think that's a bad pick, man. And uh, Tennessee, really, I think this will be their first SEC game as well. So it's going to be and not uh, like Florida already played Kentucky, but Tennessee, mm -hmm. I don't think they played an ACC. No, game. they played Pitt. That was their big game. Yeah, which yeah. is big, but it's not SEC caliber. So it's going to be a test. Uh, it's a coin flip. I'm just deferring to the home team, and yeah. um, you know, I think that they're kind of riding a nice momentum. Uh, Tennessee, but they'll get smacked up by Georgia later down the season. <laughs> uh, look, man, AR, I'm, I'm sure he, he hears all the noise. Um, and I think he's just going to come in there with vengeance, man. I think he's going to finally get his touchdown pass. I think he's going to play hard. Uh, this guy has a lot of potential. I think Tennessee is a very safe pick. I think they're a very safe team. I think they do a lot of things good, not great. But uh, I really think AR is a wild card here, man. I think he's a kind of quarterback and go into any environment and win a game. Um, we saw it last year when he played Bama and Bama almost came out of that game. Um, I feel like when this guy and, and a lot of people, uh, you know, down the most, he comes out in big games. So we'll see what happens, but uh, that's my pick for this one. Um, any other thoughts before we move on to the next one? No, I mean, 
you just don't know who's going to show up for Florida. You don't know yeah. which AR is going to show up. So, I mean, even when you think about it, Utah, the Utah game, his big his big play was a was a goddamn two point conversion. So, yeah. uh, he really hasn't done shit since then. So you, you gotta hope that a guy that hasn't really done has not shown up this season shows up. He's due, so man. I, I can't. Uh, I I can't. I can't bank on that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take the consistency of Tennessee. All right, that's fair enough. Um, let's get to the next game. That's uh, very intriguing for me and maybe for you guys as well. I know Trent and I were talking about it before Alec came on. Uh, that's Clemson going into Wake Forest. Uh, Wake Forest is not the same team of the past, man. They got a great quarterback. Uh, they won ten games last year. Uh, they were nine and zero to start the season last year. Uh, this is not a team you want to sleep around. Wake Forest has a good environment. The spread's only seven and a half uh for clemson um alec what's your take on this game man so it's interesting because yeah wake forest is really good team um and i just looked it up to confirm they have a pretty small stadium uh it fits i'm looking at it now it says thirty-one thousand people which is insanely low it's like a baseball stadium yeah um I don't know if that's going to be able to affect Clemson. So them go, Clemson going on the road, you know, in theory, it sounds like it would be a tough thing. But um, one thing I'm interested at in this game is Clemson. They've been playing kind of uh, wonky opponents. And offensively, they've been able to pull away, uh, dominate, and win games. But they've been giving up. Points and I don't know, maybe they're garbage points, but just looking at these final scores, they gave up 20 points last week to Louisiana Tech. I think, like against Georgia Tech, uh, you know, they're having problems early. And what I think the Wake Forest probably has one of the most um, aggressive offenses in college football, uh, really like kind of like an air raid deal, uh, essentially. And uh, Hartman is was a Heisman contender last year. I think he may be this year. So uh, it'll be tough. Uh, I haven't seen it from Clemson, you know, like if they're legit. So this would be the first true test. Um, you know, it's it's really tough because like I, I I think it go either way, and I think Wake Forest does have a good team, but I, I I'm gonna pick Clemson uh, in this game. Um. And I think that they'll just be able to equal uh, equal the offensive attack from Wake Forest with their offensive attack. And they have the talent on defense to kind of level out uh, Wake Forest receivers and, and their attack. So I'm going to go with Clemson. All right. That's, uh, I mean, it's a good pick, man. Uh, how about you, Trent? Yeah, um, I probably would have had more confidence in Wake Forest before they play Liberty. Um, they they escaped. Hugh, Hugh Freeze almost stole a W from uh from Wake Forest last week. They they lost on a two point conversion. Um, so that's a little discouraging from the Wake side because before them, before that Liberty game, they're they're playing lights out. And honestly, if they would have handled Liberty, I may have picked Wake Forest for this game. But wow. um, at the end of the day, they you know that was a very um disturbing performance against Liberty to say the least. Um. And meanwhile, Clemson may not have looked as great at, at times. They're still blowing the teams out that they're supposed to beat. Um, they're still ultra talented. 
Um, I know it's the it's at Wake, but like Alex said, it's not that's that's not like it's not like the twelfth man. Um, <laughs> but I, I I like Clemson here. Um, I agree with you guys. I think Clemson's going to win this game, but uh, look, I think Dabo's on a mission this year. And I know he's been very loyal to his quarterbacks, but I will tell you right now, I really think DJ is going to be on a short leash in this game. Uh, I would not be surprised if we finally see a glimpse of uh, Cade Klubnik. Um, I could really see DJ uh, just collapsing in this game. Uh, This is their first real test. Um, Look, I know Wake Forest doesn't have a great home environment, but they're still a good team. Uh, They're ranked for a reason. And um, guys, before we go to the next one, do you guys think there's a chance Cade could come out this game? I'm going to say no. All right. I think that there is. I mean, maybe he's been hiding. I mean, there, there's always a chance, but I think I, maybe it's very he's, he's been keeping it up his sleeve, you know, and, and, and he's been waiting to break him out. And if it was going to be for a game, um, maybe it'd be this game. I don't know. But um, man, DJ's been doing pretty decent. So I, I don't, I, you know, they've been able to win. They have until he gives them problems. Uh, I don't see any reason, but it's possible. Yeah. We'll see. And, um, Guys, are you taking the spread or you think it's going to be over seven and a half? Because right now it's minus seven and a half for Clemson. I'm taking the spread. I think that they'll, uh, I think that it may be close, but um, they'll probably get ahead early. And if that's the case, then they should be able to hold off that. I agree. Yeah, I like Clemson to cover here. All right, nice. Uh, Let's get to our our next game. And from the naked eye, it may not seem that great of a matchup, but the spread is minus 17 for Michigan. That's Maryland. At Michigan, number four, Michigan. Um, Trent, what's your thoughts on this game, man? Uh, yeah, I mean, this should be easy. Uh, Michigan has 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 been pretty solid all year. Uh, obviously, they have a very interesting quarterback situation. I know one of them just got hurt. Was it uh, McNamara that that's hurt? Um, uh, I'm not sure. One of them's down, but regardless. Um, just as I was saying with Clemson, like they, they've handled the teams that they're supposed to play that they, you know, they're supposed to handle. They haven't played anybody worth the shit yet, but they've blown out everybody. So Maryland is going to be their, the best game they've played so far, which is crazy. Uh, but they look good at least. So it's hard for me to, to, to pick against uh, Michigan here just because they've looked good regardless of the talent they've played against. Well, at the same time, Maryland is just a very, very inferior opponent. Um, they beat SMU by seven last week. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm. I, I like Michigan here to cover as well. And by the way, do you know who their quarterback is? Uh, Tua, Tua, bro. Tua's little brother, Tua, yeah. Little Tua, <laughs> Tua, man. Mini Tua. Yeah, who will always be dear in my heart, but I don't. He's not beating Michigan. All right, Alec. Yeah, they. Uh, looks like they put up a really good numbers. Maryland has offensive, oh, man. but again, they haven't played anyone. Yep. Um like with a defense that Michigan has um, and this game's in uh, Michigan, yeah. the big house. In Ann Arbor, so yeah. I don't think they'll lose, but um, you know, as far as covering 70 points is a lot. I don't know. I mean, that, that's interesting, but I like Michigan to win. Yeah. Um, I like them to win and I like, and I uh, like them going over the spread. I'm just taking Michigan flat. Right. So um we all three agree on this one. Now, this one's a little more interesting. Um, I know Ohio State's really good. Uh, it's minus 17, Wisconsin at Ohio State. Um, guys, I will tell you, look, I know I've chosen like over Wisconsin in the past, but Wisconsin is the kind of team, and if they take a lead, they're very, very pesky, and uh, they're very annoying to come back because they run the ball a lot. They got a beast mm-hmm. running back. 
I'm not saying that uh, they're going to lead at any point this game, but if they do, this is something to watch out for because Wisconsin is a uh, very slow offense, take their time, run the clock. So if they get a lead, I don't know how state's going to react. I still think they're going to win this game, but uh, Alec, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, it might be interesting because I think uh, Ohio State, you know, early on in the season still, they could get a little wobbly. Um, but what have I seen? I've seen Ohio State doing pretty well. Uh, actually, that kind of interesting game against Notre Dame, who's still looking pretty uh, rough after this past week. So <clears throat> we'll see. I could see Wisconsin getting ahead maybe like early, uh, but, but definitely being there present early, but we're talking about, you know, with Michigan and Ohio state, two of the biggest, but also the loudest uh, environments in college football. Um, so I got to go with the old Buckeye. All right. Uh, Trent. Uh, yeah, this, I don't want to call it a trap game because I think Ohio State should win easily, but maybe in terms of the spread, maybe it could be, you know, Wisconsin may be able to cover, but um, I know we love to talk about Wisconsin's running back, which is Braylon Allen, who is, who is, who's a beast. He's a stud, but Ohio State's got their own running back and that's Travion Henderson. Yeah, who's yeah, arguably yeah. one of the top five running backs in the country. He's a goddamn animal too. So, and you got to add that, you know, and then on top of that, you get Stroud and their receivers. So, um, I agree with the point that if Wisconsin gets up early, it's very hard to, to come back because they just chew clock because they run the ball all day and they have a, they have a potent running game. So it's, it's tough to get them off the field. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's at, it's at the, it's at, uh, Ohio state, um, Ohio state's has looked, they've looked good all year. Um, running game has been stout passing game has been stout. So I, I got to take a house state here. All right. Um, I agree with you guys. Look, uh, they're running backs a beast too. Um, like I said, if Wisconsin takes the lead, this is a game you definitely want to watch because when Wisconsin takes the lead on a lot of people, they, they are just a boring offense to watch, but it works. Uh, they love the run game and they take time off the clock. And uh, sometimes it really frustrates opponents and they uh, tend to make mistakes. But uh, all of that said, I still think Ohio state's going to win at home uh, should be uh, pretty win. Uh, so we'll see what happens, man. Um, let's get to a game that I actually I'm going to call an upset here. Um, I know I've been very high on this team in the past, but uh, like I said, guys, I'm just a big fan of Cameron Ward. And that is uh, the game at Oregon against Washington state at home. I'm just going to straight up take them. I think the, the, it is my, it is minus six and a half for Oregon. So I'm definitely taking the spread and I'm definitely taking uh, Washington state to win this game wow. at home. I, I know Oregon came off a very impressive win last week, but I'm telling you, man, Washington State's a really good team. Uh, I think a lot of people sleep on them. I'm a, I'm a big, big fan of Cameron Ward. Uh, their coach really believes in this team, and I really believe when your coach believes in your team, man, uh, you can beat anyone. I know it's going to be a tough test, but that's just me. Uh, so keep an eye for Washington State. Remember, this game's at home. But uh, let's start you, Trent. What do you think of this one? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's not, a, it's, it's not that crazy of a pick. Um, I think Washington State has proved a lot of people wrong so far this season, um, especially with um, with that um, Wisconsin win. Um, but, you know, I, at the end of the day, I think Oregon's kind of got their, their mojo back to an extent. 
Um, it looked, it looked like they, they've gotten a little bit of rhythm. That BYU win was huge, I think, especially with the confidence of those players in that program. Uh, I know it's at Washington State, which is which is not an easy environment to play in, but uh, I think at the end of the day, the talent will trump Washington State, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take Oregon here. But, I, you know, Washington State may definitely cover your eyes. I think it's, I think it's destined to be a good game. Uh, part of my reason for this pick, too, is I just do not trust Bo Nix on the road. Uh, when he's on the road, he's a completely different yeah, quarterback. Yeah, you got reason to, I got reason to believe that um, as well. But. So just keep an eye on This is my upset pick as well. But, uh, Alec, what about you, man? Yeah, I think you, you make a really strong argument there, Robert. Um, you know, I'm, I've been inclined uh, in the past to, you know, not trust Bo Nix. Uh, in general, Homer away, but away, that's a great point. Um, and yeah, they had a great performance last week. And, and you know, I guess the word is not out on BYU. We don't know if BYU had yep. a bad game or, yep. you know, what happened there, but it'll be interesting. Um, I wonder if this is an after dark game. Uh, four, no, four p- I got 4 p.m. Because that would have been interesting. But um, yeah, man. Uh, I'm going to let Robert keep uh, Washington State. I don't want to steal that from, you know, no, what go I, mean? ahead, man. <laughs> I, I, I could easily go that way. But, um, you know, my, my heart's telling me that uh, Oregon after last week, big win, uh, much needed win, kind of has something going on. And, um, you know, defensively, I think this may be uh, – one of the, I don't know, probably the toughest defense they faced this year, Washington State. Um, I know they had that upset win, but, you know, Wisconsin, Schmonson. So uh, I like Oregon. Yeah. All right. Um, let's go to another game that's kind of interesting here. That's uh, number seven, USC. The spread's minus seven at Oregon State. Um, look, I'm just not going to pick against USC. Their offense is amazing right now. Uh, Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley obviously have a good connection there. I mean, they've blown out everybody so far. I don't expect it to change. Um, quite frankly, I think the, the spread's a little bit too low. I I'm taking the, I'm taking the spread and I'm taking USC flat, right? So, uh, but I could see why people would question this game, but, uh, Alec, what about you, man? What do you think? Yeah, I think USC's proven to me that, um, you know, they're going to be a dominant force in the Pac-12. Um, I think that they'll probably run through everyone they play. Uh, and then that Pac-12 championship, if they do end up playing Washington, um, that would be a test for them. But, yeah, you, you're right about uh, Lincoln and Caleb. That, that's really working out great, and it, it's lethal. So um, I, I have, you know, all the confidence in USC. Uh, there's one game I'm betting on uh, to beat the spread. It's definitely this one. Uh, I'm, I'm hitting that all day. Yeah. Yeah. USC's offense really has, has been a freight train for the first three weeks. Uh, I'm, I'm a little surprised at this line as well. Um, I don't, I don't see how Oregon State can, can stop, can stop this offense, especially the way they've been playing. So I got USC to cover. All right. Nice. Uh, let's get to another game. That's pretty surprising. Uh, Vegas thinks it's going to be an extremely close game. Uh, number 17, Baylor against Iowa State. The spread is minus one for Baylor. Uh, honestly, guys, I'm going to let you go first because I have no idea where to start. But uh, Trent, I have I have Iowa State as favorites, two and a half favorites right now on, on DraftKings. Um, so Baylor's underdogs. Um, that's, uh, you know, 
maybe a little more deserved because of the way that Baylor has come out. And obviously they, they lost uh, to BYU, but at the same time, it was a, it was a game at BYU in overtime. Um, I think Vegas may be overreacting a little bit to that loss. They bounced back. They blew out Texas state the next week. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't really know how I, I, I like, I like Baylor here. I mean, Iowa state, just slid by Iowa. Um, I, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Baylor to win this game. I, I don't really see enough from Iowa State for me to pick otherwise. Um, yeah, well said. Look, before Alec goes, I know he's a huge fan of Dave Aranda. Uh, I know they had that loss at BYU. That was a very tough environment. Um, I'm just gonna take Baylor. Uh, I got to see more from Iowa State. I know the, their coach is getting a lot of love. He's gonna get a big time job pretty soon. But uh, Alec, what do you think? It's interesting to me. I think that the uh, Big 12, you know, maybe it may, it may start to look like they got four solid teams, three, four solid teams. Um, so it may just be Armageddon. And um, yeah, I did. I did go ahead and, and endorse Baylor at the beginning of the year. And they're going to have to, you know, run the table to get there. But Iowa State, Coached by a young man from Ohio, a guy by the name of Pinhead. <laughs> um, Pinhead Matt Campbell. Um, and he's always proven every year that he's coached. He's, he's put together a solid team that's competed for the, a conference title, one, and two, gone up against these big programs and, and won big games. Um, I think that uh, – you know, after what, what they did last week at Iowa, we all know Iowa's uh, defense is, you know, pretty solid. They have been over the last couple of years. And, um, you know, that's a rivalry game. He was able to go in there, win that. Now they got a home game. I think it'll be a, a loud environment and um, it, it'll be a battle of the minds between the coaches. Uh, I'm, I'm inclined um, to go with the home team here. And I, I like Matt Campbell in big games. I know what he's capable of. So I'm actually going to pick uh, Iowa State Cyclones here. Wow. Um, all right, man. That's uh, your first upset pick. Um, well, no, I, yeah. All right. I can see why you say that. It is at home, and Matt Campbell, is a, like I said, he's going to get a big-time job pretty soon. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, he's linked to Nebraska. I'm not uh, selling out on Baylor just yet. I got faith. I got yeah, faith. I got faith as well. But one thing about watching Baylor um, – they do not, they just do not trust their quarterback, man. No, 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 no. Um, I, it's pretty baffling to be honest. Uh, he played well last year, but he just, they just don't trust him. I'm, I'm watching yeah. games and they run the ball screen passes in the BYU game. Mm -hmm. They didn't, they didn't even let him throw the ball in overtime. They ran it eight straight times. So, uh, there's a trust factor there for sure, but, um, uh, I'm still going to take Baylor, man. I think they're, they're a really good program. I know Matt Campbell and home, but, uh, give me Baylor. All right, uh, let's quickly wrap this up here. Uh, Stanford at number 18, Washington. The spread's 13 and a half for Washington at home. Um, look, guys, I know uh, – what's his name? David Bell, is that it? The, the coach for uh, Stanford? David Shaw. David Shaw, Shaw yeah. that's what it is. Um, he's a very well-respected coach. I know he does NFL draft all the time, but uh, at some point, do you think his time's going to come to an end? Uh, it seems like every year they're in the same – Been boat. there a while. I don't know, man. It's kind of his baby. Yeah, I know, but uh, I think it's more um, more bark than bite at this point, man. Uh, I think they need to go in a new direction. I mean, they, they ever since McCaffrey left, they've really been off the map for a while. So 
All right. After, really, after luck left. Uh, so yeah. we'll see. But I'm, I'm taking Washington, uh, and I, I have them going over the spread at home. Yeah, Penix is coming off a huge game, like a Heisman caliber performance. Uh, I, I think he's going to continue to ride that high. I, I also like Washington, Washington to cover here. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Huskies. I think that Michigan State's better team than Stanford. Um, and, and then now they're coming or, you know, they're playing at home um, again. So I got that. This is the after dark game. So you never know. But yeah. uh, I, I like Washington here. All right. Uh, let's get to the next one. Wyoming at nine, number 19, BYU spreads 21 and a half here. Uh, BYU, like we said earlier, has a really, really good home environment. I do not expect them to lose two in a row. So give me BYU. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna go BYU here, especially night game under the lights in that in that uh, that stadium. I think it's uh, just something Wyoming can't handle. Yeah, yeah I like BYU at home. Um, like I said, guys, this is a Florida podcast, so we're gonna quickly uh, do Middle Tennessee at number twenty-five, Miami at home, minus twenty-five and a half. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke just came out recently and said that the home environment basically sucks compared to on the road. He prefers playing <laughs> on the road. We'll get to that to another day, but uh, they are at home. It is 25 and a half, and I expect them to cover. So uh, give me Miami. Yeah, I'm going to reserve my comments for the for the Van Dyke comments, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what, 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 what Miami team comes out, you know, how they, how they bounce back from Texas A&M. Obviously, I think they win this game. They're much superior. Uh, they're way more superior than, than mid-Tennessee, but I, I, um, I want to see – receivers get the ball in space maybe obviously catch the ball first um you know i, I kind of i want to see some 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 electric offense you know i don't i think um fans have been deprived of that the entire season so i think uh it's time to open up the playbook make some big plays yeah uh how about you alec i think the kings are gonna win but let me tell you something i got a little piece of trivia for you um the head ball coach at middle tennessee got a guy by the name of rick Stockskill. Still, excuse me, stock still. And um, he played quarterback at Florida State under Bobby Bowden, late 70s, actually. Uh, so, you know, you got a guy going into Miami, Florida State blood, you better watch out. You know, historically, the Knowles, you know, are able to do pretty well in Miami. But um, again, I think that uh, Miami's got a better team. And uh, anything like last week if they're able to execute their game plan i think that they should win handedly so um i'm going with the canes all right uh we got two more uh like i said earlier florida podcast so let's do a uh, florida state uh, boston college florida state's at home they're minus minus 17 and a half um look i don't know too much about boston college i know that their coach got a lot of hype two years ago he won a lot of big games at the time but uh he seemed to cool off but uh give me florida state Although I do, I do not think they're going to cover. Uh, I, I do think this is going to be a close game. Yeah, it just depends on, um, you know, I, what's going on with the quarterback situation. They haven't given out – they didn't really say anything about injury and diagnosis. It looked like uh, looked like Travis and Jared Verse uh, were in practice this week. So, I don't know if they'll play. In my opinion, you know, if he's not 100%, uh, Jordan Travis – don't throw him in there. Um, you know, I'm, I was impressed with Rotomaker last week, and, um, you know, I'd be confident in him being there and, and maybe having Travis dressed in pads, but, you know, kind of on reserve. Um, but, yeah, I like the Knowles at home. You know, we got a nice opponent that we should be able to take care of. Um, and I think, um, 
you know, the spread may change you know, depending on who the quarterback is. So I would lock in whatever you want to lock in now. Uh, but I like the Knowles. Yeah, I, uh, that's, that's the thing with the spread. If they have Travis, I would expect them to cover. Um, Boston College is not good. Florida State is just a way better team than Boston yeah. College. Um, up, up and down the board from coaching to the players. Uh, but if Tate does not play and Rodemaker is a starter, I, I still expect them to win by double digits. But, you know, I don't know how much I love that 17 and a half spread. Yeah, that's my thinking as well. Uh, you hit the nail on the head that one. Um, last game, guys. Uh, this is, I guess you could say, also one of the games of the week. Uh, this is going to be very interesting. Uh, we have uh, Marcus Freeman, Notre Dame, uh, one and two against uh, North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina is favored by basically minus one and a half. Let's call it basically even. Um, I know this game's at home for NC. Um, honestly, man, I really hate to say it. Uh, I just don't think the Notre Dame quarterback's good, man. I d- I'm going to take North Carolina. That's a pretty tough environment to come in and the Marcus Freeman air is going to come into a hot start, man. Uh, one and three. That's my opinion. I'm taking North Carolina. Yeah, this is tough. I mean, I don't think any of us in a million years ever thought that North Carolina would be favored going into this game. Yeah. Uh, especially the way they play this year. But at the end of the day, you know, they're still three, and zero. Uh, and they barely Notre Dame barely beat their opponent last week. Uh, I forgot who it was, but uh, Cal, they, were, yeah. Cal, they, they struggled against Cal. Their quarterback um, is not good, man. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I don't know here. I, I think Notre Dame is, is a far more talented team, um, but they have just not played the part in, in any game. Um, it's crazy. They, they look, they look their best against Ohio state and that was an 11 point loss. So um, this is, this is really a toss up. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and roll with UNC just because the home, the home field, I know it's probably going to be a big time environment knowing Notre Dame's in town. Um, I don't really love UNC, but I, I'm going to go with the home team here. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Alec? Yeah, I, I man, I'm, I'm not impressed by Notre Dame. I don't know if they they know how to uh, – this coach knows how to win yet. He's kind of figuring it out. The team's just kind of following, you know, his lead. And, and I'm you know, you can feel the, the stress and, you know, kind of disappointment, I'm sure, with the fans – uh, on how they've been performing. Yeah, I was, you know, happy for them to win. But, you know, on a Hail Mary that very well uh, could have, maybe even should have gotten caught by Carolina, they could have lost the game. So they don't know how to, you know, come out and win a game like this. And you got <clears throat> Mac Brown, as much as we've bashed him in previous weeks, is an experienced head coach. He's been doing this his whole life. He's won a national championship. And you got a young coach, never done this before. I think Mac's in a – position to run circles around him uh, I don't know if he'll do that but the way I see it playing out is um, it being a close one and and you know maybe the score will be close but I, I'm picking North Carolina to win and I think that it's going to be because of Notre Dame's uh, failures either to execute yeah, or yeah, make mistakes you know because yep. that they, they're just showing they're like a you know, what you would find in a textbook about, you know, teams that don't know how to win. Uh, I've seen plenty of it, believe me, uh, in in the last couple of years with the Knowles, trying to figure that out, something that takes time. Um, But going on on the road, I I don't know. 
I, I don't have faith in them. So I'm going with the Tar Heels. I mean, that that's kind of been the story of their season. It just it's been shortcoming after shortcoming with with every game. So it's something that they failed to do against inferior opponents, with the exception of Ohio State. So, uh, you know, picking UNC, you kind of just assume that's it, that that trend is going to continue. But uh, obviously, wouldn't be surprised if Notre Dame won this game. But you know, at, at home or I'm sorry, on the road um, in a tough environment, it you know, I have I don't really have faith in it. Yeah. Uh, well said, guys. Is there any other game that catches your eyes before we go? I got a couple. Um, Texas, Texas Tech. You know, yep. Sark Mania. Keep your eye on that one. All right. Um, I got one then... big upset for you that no one, none of you are going to see coming. All right. Go, well, go ahead, Alec. I'll let you finish. Well, um, no, the only other game, I don't know. If, maybe we talked about this. So I missed it. But uh, Arkansas plays at A&M. Yeah. Oh, I forgot yeah. to bring that one up. Yeah, you're right. Uh, let's, let's, quickly, let's quickly talk about that one for a second. Um, yeah, like, look, I've been very high on Arkansas all year. Uh, they play Texas A&M, and quite frankly, you know what? Screw it, man. I'm taking Arkansas. Uh, I'm just not impressed with A&M right now. Yep. I know they won last week, but uh, I think Arkansas is a really damn good football team. Trent can vouch for me on this one. Yep. been high in Arkansas all year, and I'm still going to take them, man. I think they're a good program. Uh, I, I haven't beating them. Yeah, I uh, after watching Texas A&M last game against a Miami team, they looked like shit. You know, <clears throat> Texas A&M did not look good. They really haven't looked What's good. What's the spread? They haven't looked good all year. The spread is uh, Texas A&M by a point and a half. Well, I'm definitely um, yeah. I'm I'm picking Arkansas here, money line, slamming money line. I I just like Arkansas. I think I think they they're a much more explosive than Miami, and that could bite Texas A&M in the ass. Um, yeah, again, they just haven't been impressive this year. So I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go ahead with Arkansas. Um, yeah, look, I know I know A&M has had a rough couple of weeks, and uh, I'm not riding against them. I just truly believe that Arkansas is a better team, and I, I know this is at home for A&M. I just, I just think that they're going to lose this game. What about you, Alec? It's a gut feeling for me, but I think that um, I, I think that A&M probably comes out of this game uh, winning. Um, it's interesting. You know, you got another night game at home. They were, we were able to get a win, and that could kind of boost confidence. Um, you know that AM has uh, just as much talent as any other team in college football, and um, they understand that this is a game you can't really lose at home if you're going to compete in your division. You know, both teams are in the SEC West. They're getting into division play, and um, it's, it's going to be a make-or-break game. Arkansas – you know, um, they're kind of a ground and pound kind of offense. And it's, it's not easy. It's easy to, um, that once you figure out how to stop that, to get the lead and never lose it against a team like Arkansas. I've seen it in kind of big games in the past where they were unable to come back from behind if they were to get down early. Um, and I, I, like, I like Jimbo and making adjustments if needed. Um, but I think he'll be ready for this game and have his team ready. So uh, I like the Aggies, I guess. Yeah. I don't, it feels like it's an upset pick. I think it is, but I guess the spread does. I, Vegas does. You know what? Part of the reason why I'm so high on Arkansas, um, and I quite frankly think I would not be surprised if he's a finalist at the end of the year. Um, I really think KJ Jefferson is going to win this game and be in the Heisman talk. That's how good I think he is. I don't, I'm not saying he's going to win it, but I would not be surprised if he was a finalist. That's how high I am on him. I think he's a really good player. Uh, I think this is the year, man, for Arkansas where they can really make some noise, and it starts uh, this weekend, so we'll see.
Um, yeah, guys, last thoughts in this game? No, I mean, <clears throat> I'm, I'm a, I mean, who knows what Texas and M team shows up? I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be similar to the one we saw last week, but um, I uh, just think Arkansas has got a little more juice right now. Yeah, uh, Trent, any other games on your mind? No, I, I, I think we, we hit, uh, we hit them all. I'm just going through them right now, just to double check. Right. I think here's I think uh, to... here is my first biggest upset. Uh, I'll probably take. Um, I saw them play last week. They're starting to slip. I know they're three and zero. I know that this team is 0-3, but I really like uh, Colorado beating UCLA this week at home. So give me Colorado. Whoa. Interesting. Uh, I just – I'm telling you, man. Um, I'm telling you, just watch out. Uh, they struggled the other day against South Alabama. Uh, they they should have lost that game. They won. But uh, I know I know uh, Colorado's 0-3, but there's more of the story of that team than meets the eye. Uh Trust me, I, I'm 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 picking Colorado to win that game. That's right. bold. Yeah. <laughs> Colorado's got blown out all three yeah. games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That's um, bold. This isn't this isn't trying to make. I'm just telling you, man. I have a I have a gut feeling, and uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe next week I'll uh, I'll get I'll get. I know people are gonna send me some DMs later on, but uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes yeah. I can back you with your hot takes. I I can't get with this. No, one. yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. Just uh. You guys, you guys heard it here first, all right? So. All right, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> all right, I, mean, I noted it. Yeah, I think I've blown out. I'll hold you to that um, one. All right, so uh, before we go, our upset picks, I believe, looking at the list here, we have uh, Tech. Technically, Arkansas for me and Trent. Um, another one um, that... Uh, we saw uh, having an upset was Washington State for me. Um, I also had Florida. Um, let's see. Was there any other ones that I'm missing, guys? Or is that basically it? That's not, <clears throat> that sounds about right. Yeah, if anyone uh, wants to listen to the pot earlier. Notre Dame is, is... Oh, yeah, Notre Dame. But I think we all picked... I picked North Carolina, so... North Carolina. Um, yeah, man, that's gonna, that's obviously going to be one of the most interesting games we've seen in a while. Uh, I'm very curious to see how Notre Dame comes out because I just don't trust their quarterback. Yep. Well, well, with that said, guys, uh, that was fun. Uh, we'll see what happens this week, and we'll get back at it next week. Yes, sir. See you next week. All right. All right, guys. See you. Peace.